podcast in the world from WWE to DNA Impact by way of the NWA. It's time for Reffin' It Up with legendary referee Brian Hepner and guest host, Mr. Reffin' Rant himself, Jimmy Corderas. An all new episode starts in this. Is revving it up. Welcome back to Reffing It Up. I am RJ. I am joined by the two greatest referees of all time from the great, not state, I was almost saying state, but the great country of Canada, Mr. Jimmy Corderas. And he's always styling and profiling Mr. Brian Habner. But first, Jimmy, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. You can say the great province of Ontario. <laughs> well, it was kind of in between. It, a province is kind of like a state. I, I don't know. I, I, I screwed it up. Right? I'm like, we may go back a, and edit it. Or I may just keep it in. I don't know. No, leave it in. What the heck? It's, <laughs> it's, hey, you know what? It's 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 true to stay true to form. It, you know, yeah, exactly. uh, it's like when you introduce someone from like Bret Hart all those years because he wasn't just from Calgary, Alberta. He was from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. You know, right. Montreal, Quebec, Canada, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So any superstar that's announced from Canada, you have to the city, the province uh, slash territory because we do have territories up here as well, and uh, and country. So confusing. I know. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. What's up, Bry? Not a lot, boys. Uh, I guess I'm from Richmond, Virginia of the United States. Um, I guess is the way you'd want to verbalize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, otherwise, I'm doing great, man. It's the holiday season. We got Thanksgiving coming up in a couple of days. And uh, my son's home from college. Uh, mm-hmm. I have my daughters. So we have a big old family home here this week. And uh I'm enjoying it, man. Uh, today's a really weird day for me because of the fact that uh, I, I don't know what happened. I went and played cards last night with my friends. We switched it from uh, our normal Wednesday to Monday because of the holiday. Um, I indulged a little too much and uh, ended up having to stay there. And then my car wouldn't start. And uh, now I rushed home and I'm doing the podcast now. So I'm ready to roll. You know what? Uh, outside of that, the thing that's got me going is uh, when you said my son is home from college. Yes. Yeah, the, the, man, it just blows my mind all those years. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Goes quick, doesn't it, Jimmy? Oh my goodness, does it? Does it ever? Yeah. Twenty year old. And that's one of the reasons we'll, we'll we'll get to it for a second in a minute. But that's one of the reasons why, and you know, we've talked about this before on the show is why I like doing the show with you guys. First and foremost, it's, I have to pinch myself sometimes, but anyways, we'll keep that to the side, but just to kind of, you know, bring the, 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 uh, the memories back from yesteryears, those good times that you guys had. And sometimes not good so times, but you know, remembering the good things about professional wrestling. So mm-hmm. we'll go Absolutely. that, but, uh, definitely looking forward to this episode, having, uh, Chris Saban on this week. Definitely looking forward to him. Uh, my son Gavin popped when I uh, told him we were having Saban on this week, so he's definitely looking forward to uh, to listening. Uh, even though he's eleven, he still listens. I tell him not to listen to what Brian says, but 
<laughs> don't listen to what Brian says. Just do what Brian does. If see, that makes now, sense. See, now you've made me be very conscious of what I say now. Moving no. Forward. He's, he's heard, he's heard, he's heard the same stuff coming out of my mouth too. That's a problem. When, when he goes to finish my sentence and it's swear words, then there's a problem. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but before we get too far into the weeds, why don't we send it up to our first count? This is your one count. The Thanksgiving tradition is back this weekend as we will have Survivor Series coming to us from Chicago um, this Saturday. And uh, guys, it, it, it brings back a lot of great memories. Survivor Series was the first major pay-per-view that I saw growing up. My now wife but girlfriend bought me tickets to the 2004 Survivor Series in Cleveland um, in the then Gund Arena, and I uh, just went back and watched it, watched it this past week, and um, I'm thrilled to say that both of you guys are on that show, and looking at it now, it's like, oh, wow, that's kind of interesting to see, but uh, Jimmy, it, it, you know, going back, you know, you were in the business for so long in the WWE there, but it's hard to narrow it down, but if you can, some of those great yeah. moments that you either saw personally or you were involved with uh, at Survivor Series. For me, it was a huge honor to be involved in the very first ever Survivor Series. In uh, you mentioned Cleveland, Ohio, that's where mm-hmm. it was in Cleveland, mm-hmm. Ohio, and I, I remember driving down to it. And it's all in my book, you know. I, I explain mm-hmm. it all, but getting to referee. The uh, the ten women's tag match, uh, ten you know five teams on each side. You know you're you're looking at the jumping bomb angels. You're looking at the glamour girls. You're looking some of the names there, are just incredible. And what an honor! I was the inside referee for that one. But as you know, as Survivor Series, there's an inside and outside referee. And then in the main event, which featured you know Team Hogan versus Team Andre, I was the outside referee. And as as the legendary late great gorilla monsoon used to call him call us the twins my twin uh, joey morello was the referee on the inside <laughs> the good nice. twin to have jimmy yeah it, it's funny because uh you know getting off survivor for a second you go to back to wrestlemania four uh him and i are bringing out the trophy for the battle royal to start it off and you know we always got the jokes afterwards we couldn't tell who was who and all this <laughs> Damn, Jimmy, you forget. You're old as shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Let me put it this way. Joey and I had the same kind of hair, except mine was a little more uh, frullet. <laughs> as Edge would call it. Sorry, Adam Copeland would call it. Oh, okay. Caesar just says Ixnay on the Adam Edge. <laughs> yes. Um, but Brian, yeah, you've been involved, obviously, between um, your dad and your uncle. And then obviously you being involved in so many Survivor Series, um, it just anything, you know, you know, any memories, good memories, bad memories, good and bad and different um, from Survivor Series. Well, it's not really about what I did, actually. The, the memory, of course, that everyone remembers. I'll give you all one guess. Hmm. Well, let me think. I was there. <laughs> the Montreal Screwjob, of course, comes to mind. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I, f- I forgot about that. Yeah, nobody <laughs> else has. Fuck. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, that that that's got to be cemented in my head as a Hebner. I mean, my God. Um, so 
more or less that's what comes to mind when I think of Survivor Series. That moment is what comes to my mind immediately. Nothing I did. Mm-hmm. So pretty weird. It's pretty weird that that thing's been around that long. Survivor Series. Because it was with 80, 87, right? 87 was the first was one. was the yeah. first one. Yeah, because that was, was a Richfield Coliseum, I mm-hmm. believe. And yep. then they built the Gundarina. And then it's still the same now. They renamed it. I forgot what it is now, but, um, but yeah, you would have came down right from from Toronto then, right, Jimmy? You'd probably drive yeah. down. Yeah, I drove down to it. I remember driving down to it. It was like I said, in uh, uh, my car was on the fritz that day, so I had to borrow mom's K car. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, imagine that. And on the way home, had a little issue. Anyways, don't get me started. So, Jimmy, but quick yeah. question. Sorry, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Back in the early days when you were in the uh, the biz, mm-hmm. um, did you do a lot of driving from Canada? Were you required to do a lot of driving back then, or is that part of it? Well, it depended on where the TV was. Because if the TV was in places like Michigan, New York State, uh, Ohio, which wasn't too bad, you know, I drove to those. Mm. But, you know, like obviously – uh, driving out to California and driving down to Florida and stuff like that. Not so much, but, uh, right. you know, if it was uh, reasonable and reasonable back then has a large definition, <laughs> I drove, I did do a lot of driving. Let's put it that way. Cool. I mean, I, I just went out when, when I broke in, everything was flying. I mean, I would drive to Richmond right. Coliseum, obviously I would drive to Philly and I would drive to about, you know, Washington, Mm-hmm. And from here, you would do some of the Carolina loops. But other than that, I mean, because I chose to do that. I didn't have to. They would have flown me. Not right. obviously from Richmond to Richmond Coliseum, but you know what I mean. But uh, yeah. but the, the but you, as you know, sometimes the drives are better because you don't have to worry about the airport. You, you can drive in your own, you know, your own pace, you know. So mm-hmm. I chose to drive to these closer towns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes that's a little bit better. Yeah, I, di- I didn't I didn't mind that uh, some were a little too far at times. It felt like it, you know, it all depends. You know, the, the worst part is the border crossing. It just depends on how much of a lineup you get at the border. When there wasn't a lineup and you got a, a cool guy at the border, hey, how's it going, blah, blah, where are you heading? You know, blah. All right, have a safe trip, you know. Then other gotcha. guys uh, play 20 questions and they're, hey, okay, can you pull your car over there? We got to check your trunk. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsies. Don't, don't look in the trunk. Um, anyways, <laughs> the I still uh, like, blame I still blame the frolic for that too. Then, <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been randomly selected, Mister Corderas, but uh, <laughs> yeah. the uh, like I mentioned, being from Chicago this this Saturday, uh, Survivor Series uh, is going to see the return of the Viper, the Apex Predator, Randy Orton joining the team uh, with Cody and Sammy. And Seth, as well as uh, Jay Uso, um, man, it, the, the scuttlebutt around the internets has uh, has been that Randy Orton was coming back soon. But Brian, the right time, to, right time to announce it, um, and even to announce it in general. Um, I know Michael Cole did announce earlier in the program that they did release more seats, so maybe this was a ploy of selling all those seats out. Um, I know that you're saying Survivor Series has been sold out previous to that announcement of seats release seats being released, but Brian, it, it, 
this has got to, this is obviously going to be, you know, pop, uh, pop those tickets off. Right. I am a huge, huge, huge Randy Orton fan. Uh, I really am. I honestly think that he is one of the best to ever grace the ring. I do. Um, as you know, RJ, I talked to that meathead friend of yours. What's his name? We had an argument. Um, oh, Dave. Yeah, whatever. The the the, 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 the no make sense guy. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't think there's a wrong time to make this announcement at all, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you yeah you make it obviously to move tickets obviously, um, mm-hmm. and that will do it. Randy Orton will do it. He's a box office draw. He is a um, major mega star, and I believe when he comes back, he's going to be jacked as fuck, and he's going to be ready to go. Well, but it'll be interesting to see. And Jimmy, it's a lot of people are talking. Okay, how is he going to be introduced? Is he going to be the Viper? Is he going to be the face? How do you think that they're going to introduce him into this the story? Well, he's going to be introduced uh, the apex predator, as you called him, the Viper. Uh, all sorts of things. One of the greatest of all time. That's why not just say that. One of the greatest WWE superstars of all time, Randy Orton, and. That's the beautiful thing about it. it you know, you say it, people, it, it leaves questions. You know, he's he's on, it, from what we got on Monday night, at least, he's going to be on Team Cody, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that uh, fellow legacy partner. He didn't actually name him by name, but he, you know, you know, I hear voices in my head, whatever, you know. He gave all the clues. It, it pretty much said it, that it's Randy Orton. I love the fact that they didn't bring him out. Mm-hmm. And I hope they save any shots of him. What I'd like to see, uh, Mr. Fantasy Booker, that I like to be sometimes, is on Saturday on uh, at the pay-per-view, mm-hmm. having all of Team Cody standing around him, Seth, and everybody standing around, the four of them waiting for Randy to show up. And they're going, is he going to show up? Cody, is he going to be here. Don't worry. And do not show him until his music hits and he enters for the match. Don't waste that tremendous pop. Yeah. Did you say fantasy booking? Are you being Tony Khan right now? Oh, <laughs> uh, oh no, I don't have the hair for that right now anymore. <laughs> but 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 you know what I'm trying to say. I, I, I'd like I like it since it's not really a surprise anymore. At least let that initial that first time we see him be the time he gets introduced. I'm actually okay with them announcing this. I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it also, sorry, it, and it also kind of quells that rumor that was out there. Oh, they're in Chicago. Who's that fifth guy going to be? Yeah. Is it is it going to be that 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 Phil Brooks guy, CM Punk? <laughs> you know what I mean? This way, it, you also take away the opportunity that when they do, if they did make a surprise announcement and it was Randy, you might get a lot of people go, oh, as opposed to the pop he should get. Absolutely. I agree, man. 100%. Yeah. Def- definitely looking forward to watching this on Saturday. I'll have Gavin sit there and watch it too. Cause he's a big Randy Orton fan as well. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, Smart see different man. reactions. Smart young man. Yeah. Well, I, I, I try to teach him well at the, at a young age, hopefully he's got his mother's brains. Thank God. So, uh, that's a, that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> And you know what I've done? I've done riled up Dave. Jimmy, did you hear any of that dumb shit that guy had to say about Randy Orton? I don't Ooh. think so. I think that no. was when he was out. 
Jimmy wasn't. Was he actually part? Was he on board then? Oh, I don't even oh. know. But I think he basically, long story short, he basically called Randy Orton or, or overrated and never drew any drew a dime. If I stand corrected, right, Brian? No, absolutely, that's what he said. I told him he was full of shit. Didn't know what he was talking about. Absolutely, doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll make sure to uh, make sure him to, okay we're going to do the timestamp here okay um <laughs> no i mean like, like you know when you you arguably on the mount rushmore of wwe superstars of all time sure oh no doubt no doubt uh, I, I don't i don't have anything to say i mean i already said it it was a yeah. past episode jimmy you would have loved it i'd love to get him on here me and you hammer his ass <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, do it good, in the Canadian good. way. <laughs> the nicest way possible, right? Uh, I think, you know what? I think that would break Jimmy's kayfabe, like his demeanor of being a nice guy. I think he would come out and just blast this fucker. No more, uh, Mr. Well, if, if, it's, if, if that's how you're presenting him, then, uh, you may hear a, uh, a rare F-bomb come out. <laughs> Ooh, okay i'm gonna make sure to okay make a note to get dave on and uh, we'll go from there <laughs> uh but you know before we get to our reference review i want to bring up a couple more debuts uh mm-hmm. and signings i should say um for AEW. we saw ronda rousey make an appearance at roh at an roh taping uh as well um as well as will osprey officially signing with AEW, a multi-year deal. Uh, I don't want to say any specifics because I haven't seen any of the specifics yet. I know it's multiple years. Uh, but first, uh, Jimmy, Ronda Rousey going over to ROH. Mm. Rumor has it it's a handshake deal. Nothing has been signed. But from what I saw, because uh, everything you see on the internet, it's true. Right. It, it was well, it was presented as mixed reactions you know people didn't want her there some people liked her i i i think for ew and roh it's a good thing because it's a name it'll get hopefully it'll draw people to roh but what do you think jimmy uh that's the thing she's a big name that can possibly draw people to our well roh doesn't have a television deal right now they're no. they're, they're an online thing right now and mm-hmm. you know Yes, I know everybody's talking about that's the future. That's where we're heading. But right now, the money is in television. So if you're going to take advantage of Ronda Rousey's um, celebrity status and name status, you have to have her on TV. If you're leaving her specifically just for the ROH brand on on their internet, uh, what is Mm -hmm. it, their YouTube channel or whatever the case may be? YouTube. Their YouTube channel. Then... It's a waste, in my opinion. But like, you're you're right. The idea is the problem I think they've been having for a long time is drawing other fans in, other than the hardcore fans that they've been catering to. Mm-hmm. Like this, will uh, if I can talk about the Will Osprey thing, if you don't mind for a mm-hmm. second, guys. Yeah, good signing for them. There's a great talent. The guy is awesome, but again, he fits that audience. Mm-hmm. that that hardcore diehard audience and and yes it works for him too it works for will because he's you know they have kind of like a working relationship with japan in aew so he'll be able to still do those appearances over there probably not as many as as, as he did in the past but who knows what the deal is and it, and he's also able to still re, you know reside in the uk 
that's a great deal for him. I just, and he's a great talent. Don't get me wrong. That guy is awesome in the ring. And, and it's just that, will he bring new eyes to the product is the question. And how will he be um, presented to that audience other than here, here's the guy that the hardcore audience loves go. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, let me, let me first touch on this. All right. So Ronda Rousey goes to ROH. I love her as a person. And I know by Kurt Angle talking to him that she's a wonderful person, but who gives a shit? She's not going to bring eyes. I'm sorry. She bring, she brought eyes when she was in the UFC beating the shit out of other people. Unstoppable. The Mike Tyson of women. She's not a wrestler. Wrestlers are like wrestling fans aren't excited to watch her work. Her name is not going to just sell thousands of tickets. I'm sorry. So there's no big deal there. It's a name. That's all it is. It's a name that will draw nothing. That's my opinion. If I'm a wrestling fan, which I am, I wouldn't pay a fucking dime to watch her. Not a dime. Why? Ronda Rousey versus who? And I'm going to pay for that. I- I'm sorry. That's that's. That's the, it's a big name and hopefully it works out for him. Not hating on him. I hope it works out. As far as Will Ospreay, Jimmy, you're dead on. Huge signing, great signing. I've always wondered why he wasn't signed. We've talked about it before because he's mega talented. Um, awesome. In ring, out ring, I mean, just everything. But he fits that niche for AEW. And he's not going to bring new eyes. He's not. He's not going to bring new eyes unless they're from England. And that doesn't help you in the U.S. for your ratings. And that's what you get paid on. So, I I, I don't know. I, I think they're two great signings. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think either two are going to change the, the the buy rates. They'll change the ratings or any of that stuff. So, uh, is it for not? And you're paying people for nothing? Maybe. Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully we'll... Um... We'll wait and see how this plays out. Hopefully it's, you know, it'll be good for the company, be good for Will and yeah, and good for and good for wrestling in general. You know, it's always making the product better. It's making wrestling better as a whole. So I'm always down for that. For sure. Look, look I'm not hating on it. What I'm saying is no. I'm being real. I'm, I'm being honest. I mean, if you put Ronda Rousey against who? All right, right now in AEW. Uh, Baker? Britt? No, they'll like, probably stay with ROH though. They'll probably do like Athena, which was Ember Moon in WWE. Okay. Okay, I would do so something now, like that. Okay, so now you're having to face people that nobody's even familiar with. So, I I, I don't it's, get it. I I I think it's solely trying to uh, create something based off of Ronda Rousey's name alone. Because like, 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 you know, who right away when you try to say, okay, who could, who would you have her face in AEW? Who would you have her face in? What name comes to mind right off the bat? None to me. None. Thank you. Thank you. I knew, I know to the diehard AEW hardcore fan, they'll say, oh, I'd love to see her again. So-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. But, you know, to, uh, to anybody else, it'd be like, yeah, she's there, but who else is there? So let me, let me, I mean, I know we're getting way off topic. We may have to even yeah. skip in here today, but because this is actually pretty good stuff, but uh, <laughs> so, so sorry, but would you guys honestly think about this? Would you guys be willing to pay more money to see Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair? 
would that make entice you to buy a pay-per-view you weren't planning on doing it and, th- and that that was a featured match? Would you do that now? Well, they already did that, but yes. For, for that match, yeah, I would be very interested. Yeah. Okay, but now look at what we're talking about. We're talking about one yeah. of the greatest wrestlers of all time that he's she's working with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, she's working Ric Flair, okay? So, um, yeah. all right, now, ready? Let's flip it. Would you rather watch Britt Baker and versus her, and you're going to change your opinion and buy a pay-per-view because of it? No. No. That, if any, if anything, I would try to catch it, but for the wrong reasons, just out of curiosity to see how yeah. it was handled, as opposed yeah. to saying, oh, I can't wait to see these two go at it. There's right. and there's always a curiosity factor. Okay, we get right. that. And that may be there too. I would think that would be more logical as far as her having eyes put on it than than announcing her against some anyone in AEW right now. I hear you. Well I hear you. Well, we, Adonis, we may have to skip breath from review and put it off to next week, but I, I want to get you guys' thoughts on this then. Oh, so, so you said, okay, there's nobody there, but why don't we do how about this? How about we do a um Ronda Rousey versus Thunder Rosa when she comes back. Do you think that draws? Uh, for me, for me, that's a curiosity yeah. factor. For me, it's a curiosity. Sure. It's not that I'm dying to watch Thunder Rosa versus Ronda Rousey. Fuck no. Sure. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's kind of like what Jimmy said. It would be like a curiosity factor. I'd probably want to watch it just to see how how they handle it, how the match was handled. Otherwise. I, I I don't know. I, I, I that that that's a good one though, uh, RJ. That's a that's a good yeah. one. That's one that I didn't see. Okay, I, that that would be bigger. But otherwise, take that away, and I could give two fucks about Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I Thank I you. get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But like you said, Thunder Rosa versus Ronda Rousey. Would I want to see it again? Just out of the curiosity factor. It all depends on how you build to the match. You can't just say, "Hey, look, so and so versus so and so." And it's going to sell tickets. You have to give me a reason to want to tune in and give a reason for these two to, to, you know, have this match, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Build to it. That's sometimes we get a lot of, Oh, so-and-so versus so-and-so will be a great match, but give me a reason to want to see it other than, you know, Hey, there's two good, two good wrestlers in the match. We know it's going to be good. So, so to sum this last segment up before we bring in my buddy, Chris Saban, the, the the Will Ospreay, the um, Ronda Rousey, are they really going to do anything for that company? Seriously. it It's a niche for that fan base, Will Ospreay. Awesome, mm-hmm. talented guy, like I said. But that's not going to make more, uh, you know, buy rates, and it's not going to increase their ratings. You watch and see what I tell you. Um, as far as Ronda Rousey goes, I don't think wrestling fans give two fucks other than her name. She was the biggest, baddest bitch in UFC. Well, she's not that anymore. It's wrestling, and people don't care. They don't want to watch her. They want to just be intrigued by her name. It's the curiosity factor. That's it. How long does that go? Not too long. So we'll see. I hope it does good. You know, I want everybody. Exactly. We we don't want him to not succeed. We just want him to do in a way that draws a larger audience and more eyes to their product. That is entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. RJ, get us out of here, man. Let's bring in our boys. Well, you know what? Let's <laughs> uh, let's take a short break here, and we'll bring back somebody that everybody wants to watch, and somebody that's very entertaining is Mr. Chris Saban. So we'll be right back with our second count. 
This is your two count. I am honored to welcome in the A Triple Crown Champion in TNA. I'm so happy I can say TNA again, guys, and not get yelled at. Uh, but Mr. Chris Sabin. Chris, welcome to the show, man. Oh, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me on. Saban, it's so good to see you, man. I hate seeing you like this. I'd rather see you where I can like, like literally like hug you and give you a kiss on the cheek. Yeah, for sure. That's that's the normal greeting between us, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Is that before or I, after the bar? Oh, wow. Oh, the bar comes <laughs> later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I very, very much appreciate you coming on, Chris. It's uh, great having you here. Thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate it. Since since uh, you're considered an honorary Canadian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is, I think everybody's fucking Canadian in the rest of the business, man. You know, there's a lot of us. I'm just going to go ahead and say us. Awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, but you, you, you get, um, you know, we had Johnny Bravo on, like we mentioned before. Um, we brought it. Here's the second count. But, you know, Johnny was there with uh, he does a lot of stuff with Border City and you did a lot of stuff with Border City there in the early 2000s. But you know, Scott Demore has a big imprint on not just obviously Impact TNA, but just the wrestling business in general. But on your career, you know, you've been a TNA standhold there pretty much the whole time. Impact Scott's really had on your career. Yeah, I mean, I, my career wouldn't be what it is without Scott Demore. Like, he pretty much gave me almost every opportunity uh, to do something in wrestling. Like, uh, when I first um, first started at a school in Michigan, and they were a Great Lakes Pro Wrestling School, and it was only around for a couple months. They ended up losing the building that they had the ring in. So the school kind of just abruptly closed. And then uh, a buddy who was training at that school with me by the name of Amazing Nate Batson, he introduced me to Scott Demore, brought me over to his wrestling school, introduced me. Um, and then I started going there every week. And when I first started, they actually PD Williams was training there at the same time. So that was when I also first met PD Williams. And then yeah, from there, Scott saw, saw how dedicated I was showing up every week and he, you know, saw something in me and he gave me some opportunities to work for Border City. Um, he uh, booked me against Sabu for one of his Border City wrestling shows. He showed that match to Jeff Jarrett and then that's how I got my opportunity to go to TNA and get a chance there. He brought me on my first international tour, which was the World Wrestling All-Stars. We did uh, Australia and New Zealand. That was in 2003, shortly after I started with TNA. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, so many opportunities early on in my career became because of Scott Demore. So, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't, my career wouldn't be what it is without that guy. That's incredible. And you talked about his school. Uh, and, and you, of course, coming from Michigan, I, as I said earlier, jokingly, honorary Canadian. It, well, not jokingly, you still, we still consider you part of, part of our family, eh? So, yeah. Uh, but, but you had to make that, that trek across the border weekly to 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 attend uh you know the training with scott demore who who as you mentioned uh, great training school a lot of great names are coming out of there including yourself uh, how difficult was it crossing the border on a weekly basis it was it was it troubling at times no it wasn't too bad especially because it was way cheaper crossing i would always take the bridge there was you'd take the ambassador bridge or uh, the mm -hmm. the tunnel there I would always take the bridge because it was just a more direct route to get to the school for me anyway. 
And uh, yeah, back then it was like a buck 25 to cross. Now it's like six, $7 or something like that. So it was, it was a lot cheaper. And I think if you just have a passport, it's pretty easy to cross. They say that, uh, you know, I, I don't know why that helps or not, but I mean, I've been pulled over and searched many times. I've actually been pulled over uh, by the police in Canada on a way to a Border City Wrestling show because my car was too dirty, but it was pretty early out of my career. I still live with my parents who <laughs> li- live down a dirt road. And uh, my car was just all on the sides because it was wet. And you live down dirt road and it's wet, you know, you're going to get mud all over your car. So, yeah, they pulled me over because my car was dirty. And, uh, yeah. They found that suspicious? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, that, wow. that that was the reason they gave for pulling me over. <laughs> okay, then. Yeah. Wait a minute. I have to, uh, I want to touch the whole <laughs> So you're trying to tell me they pulled you over and the reasoning was, was because your car was dirty? Yes, yes. And, you know, um, Jeff Kavanaugh or Scott actually could tell you this story, too, because I was following. I think they were in the car in front of me. I was following them on the way to I think we were heading out towards Toronto. Actually, it was either Toronto or uh, and was it Mississauga. I'm not sure. But it, it, we were headed out that way. We we're on the 401 and uh, they pulled over in front of me because I was following them. This is before the time of, uh, you know, GPS on our phone where we could navigate pretty easily. So, yeah. So, so you, 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 you've actually used a Ram McNally? Used what? A Ram McNally? You know what that is? Uh, no, I have no idea what that is. Wow. Okay, Jimmy? I, I feel really old, sorry. <laughs> Jimmy, do not commit suicide, Jimmy. Do not. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm... I'm staying out of this one now. Okay, so saving. <laughs> so saving back in the day, all right. Um, and when I say back in the day, obviously you know I'm old as fuck. So I mean back in the day. Um me, I used to travel with Tony Chimmel and Corderas as as our guest here, of course, as well. And uh we used a Randall McNally, which was a a map. And okay. it, yeah, yeah, and it told us where to go. And and even when the phone started to put directions on our phone, Tony Chummel refused to use it and said he would never use his phone to find any fucking thing in the world. <laughs> it's amazing. No how Rand. convenient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was always rely on Rand. Yes. So so what is this thing? It's like an electronic book, or is it just like no? A book it, of maps? it was an action. It was actually a book of maps. <laughs> like okay, book, okay. A, a le- legit book of maps where you had to like flip the pages and go. Yeah. Okay, uh, are we coming up to? Uh, are we coming up to eighty-seven? You know what I mean? It's like yes. Okay, that's how you did it. <laughs> that, that that's how we navigated, man. I wish it was an electronic book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought maybe something that lit up, you know, with like little maps, like, oh, we need to go here to here, follow this route, like a light bright or something. No, it lit up with one of these <laughs> <laughs> little mini flashlights. Yes. So, so Saban, you won 14 total championships while in TNA. You're a one time TNA world champion, a record 10 time X division champion, a three time world tag team champion with Alex Shelley. Dude, you're, you're, Honestly, and I mean this like in a good way, like you're a legend and people don't realize it, in my opinion. I think a lot of people do, but because the WWE stage was not the biggest part of your career, dude, you, 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 you are a a monster. I mean, uh, and a hell of a hand and a huge talent. 
what do you think of all this? What do you think of all this? I mean, you got to be ex- like extraordinary excited. Yeah, thank you. That that was uh, very kind of you to say. That makes me feel like like every all the years of hard work are worth it when I hear stuff like that. So I appreciate it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just I, I'm able to make a living off of wrestling, and that's that's kind of how I see it. You know what I mean? It's re- very cool to have all these accomplishments and everything, but like. You know, I'm still going. I'm still not done. I still have like a lot I want to do and have goals I want to accomplish and all that. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't really see myself as like above anyone else or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Thank you. I, I don't know what to yeah. say. I don't know what to say. That. Well, here, here's what I'll say, and I mean this with all my heart. I would put you in the ring with anybody. Anybody. I've seen you with anybody and I've worked with you with anybody. I'll put you in the ring with anybody. You can, you can start with a Randy Orton. You can start with fucking Jericho. You could go anywhere you want to go. And I guarantee you an amount of money. You put out the same quality match you put out with, with anyone. You know what I mean? That's how good you are. The compliments that I've heard, the compliments I've heard from other of your peers, I guess I would say, or other wrestlers, are phenomenal man you have no idea like i don't know if people have told you or talked to you about it but the honor to work with you and the way that you work with them is unbelievable and i'm honored to have been in the ring with you and actually been able to call spots to you that you've maybe gotten and told me to remember and stuff like that it's just like i'm telling chris saving a spot are you kidding me right now <laughs> No, I don't know what to say. I guess I don't really hear stuff like that ever because, uh, yeah, man, like I feel like my face is turning red and I don't know what to say. That's really cool to hear, though. You know, like I did. Thank you. It's, it's, it's true. It's true. And you know what? I, I, I wanted to wait for this till later, but, you know, just having you part of me leaving the business was like, uh, it was like the cherry on top. You and you and Kazarian, uh, Frankie. Yeah, man. I, I couldn't believe it. I was I was flabbergasted, and it was all set up, and nobody told me. You know what I mean? It was crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, you've been there through a lot of big moments in my career. Like, when I won the World Heavyweight Championship, you were the ref, right? Just, and that was, like, a huge moment for me that I'll always remember. The one, two, three, and the crowd going nuts, and, like, you raising my arm and everything. That's just one of my most cherished memories, right? You were part of it, man. You know, just working with you throughout, all, you know, all the time you were with TNA and all the matches. I know whenever you were assigned to my match that I didn't have to worry about anything. Like, I, it was always a relief to see that you were refing our match. So, um I don't know, man. It's been a pleasure working side by side with you for for all those years, you know. And we always got along really well, and always were buddies. So it's, it was nice to send you off in a in a good way like that too. So appreciate you, man. No, thank you, and I appreciate you too, man. You you uh, there are there are wrestlers, and then there are wrestlers that are friends, and like you're a wrestler that's a friend to me, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I I cherish every moment we ever had, man. I really do, and I, I don't think we'll sure. not have another moment sometime at point, but yeah, we'll, we'll see each other again. Absolutely. Nice. Never say never, right, Brian? Um, no. Never. Nah. No, it's, it's it's a wrestling business. Never say never. <laughs> mm-hmm. True, but uh, I don't. I don't. Now I, you know, now I will say this, and I've I've talked to Billy Ray before, and like I would be honored, like if you had a huge match to end your career, and you were like, "Can you be the referee?" I would absolutely one hundred percent do that. Thank you. Well, I'll hold you to that then. Okay, nice. you do that. <laughs> But, but, well, uh, it's, it's on audio now, Brian, so it's going to live forever. Yep. Yep. And that's, and that's fine. I mean that with all my heart. <laughs> yeah, no, no. 
but I have no no intuition of coming back into wrestling. I, I don't. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I'm good. There you go. Well, understandable, man. Got got to do what's best for you. But 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 let me let me just piggyback a little bit off of what Brian said because uh, you know I have followed your career and you, you you you're an incredible talent. But you were blessed in many ways because you were not only a tremendous single star, you were also part of a great tag team. And uh, you know a lot of I don't want to say a lot. There are certain individuals in the in this business who um, don't adapt to tag team wrestling. Uh, as well if they're singles competitors whereas others are you know categorized for lack of a better term as oh he's more a tag team type of person you were able to just climb to the top of the mountain in both divisions and is there one that you prefer to the other or you you can't they were just both awesome yeah i mean really they are both awesome it's like uh, so it's like the creativity is like a weird thing because you can be it's really cool to create the like a tag team match because you have more tools to work with, right? You have extra people in the ring. You have the team aspect and all that. Um, but singles wrestler at, at wrestling, it's all basically, it's up to you to be creative on your own as a singles wrestler. So it's like, it, it, it's really a balance. I really like both. Um, both of them, you can be creative. Both of them are fun. Well, one of them, you're side by side with a buddy. And especially if your you know, tag team partner is one of your best friends, that makes it all that much better because, you know, it's just like something you're experiencing with your buddy and you can talk about with later, you know. Uh, so I, I, I don't really prefer either one. I, I really enjoy both. They're both very enjoyable to me. Nice. I would so, get it. Well, let me let me ask you real quick, real quick while we're on the tag team thing. So you and Shelly like are so opposite as far as like your personalities. Yeah. Explain how this mix works. Cause it's crazy to me because I, I love both of you guys, but, but I get to see both sides of you and you're like the laid back cool guy. And he's like the, I don't know. Sometimes I think that he, God bless him. But just like this paranoid, like has a problem with a lot of things and just like, <laughs> it's weird. Sorry, dude. You know, uh, uh, like a Venn diagram, it's like two circles that overlap each other, yeah. right? And then there's like that that middle part where the circles overlap, where there's, you know, it shares the attributes of both sides of the circles. I think we're like a Venn diagram. And in the middle, there is sense of humor and love of wrestling. And that just keeps us connected right there, right? Even though we're we're very different people, this, we have a similar sense of humor and we both love wrestling. I think that that keeps us close, you know? So how does the strategy come into play when it comes to putting a match together? Does he, does, does do, do you pitch your stuff to him and he pitches his stuff to you? And, and how does that work? So we usually talk about it beforehand, like just the two of us. We'll kind of like come up with a game plan before we even talk to the other team, no less. Um, yes. And then we, we just present it. And, you know, he's, he's a lot more assertive and a lot more talkative than me. So he'll, when he's pitching stuff to the team and, you know, sometimes he does a lot more of the talking than I do. And I'm perfectly okay with it because he's talking about stuff that we've already discussed anyway. You know, I'm more laid back and less talkative and whatnot. So yeah, that's, that's usually how it goes though. How do you feel about him getting his moment too, man? Uh, the, you know, oh, when Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm super happy for him. He deserved it. You know, he's put in the work through the years and, you know, I, everyone talks about how talented Alex Shelley is and how he's deserved a world title run in some major company at some point. And I'm finally happy to see him get it. You going to take it off him? 
<laughs> nah, that's all right. I'll let him do his thing. You know, he's got enough people after him. You know, I'll I'll be the one that has his back for now. I'm cool being the X Division champion. Yeah. Now getting now getting back to tag teams because you you guys are such an amazing tag team. And and yes, we talked about on we talk about on our show a lot of times how the business evolves, it changes, but at the same time, uh, as I like to say it, the the wheel started off made of stone, then it became wood, then it became rubber. Uh, vulcanized rubber, etc. But at the end of the day, the wheel is round. And uh, now you're in, in a role now of like a producer type, you, you know, you help younger talents. Uh, do tag teams come to you and ask you for advice? And, and if so, do they listen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I like it. Um, I don't necessarily like giving too much advice from a producing or when I'm aging a match because I think a lot of wrestling is just like self-expression and I want these people to I, I don't want them to necessarily do what I want them to do or my vision of pro wrestling because I know pro wrestling can be done infinite ways you know ultimately the goal is to be entertaining and make money yeah and there's so many different ways to get there and I don't think my way is the only way so when I'm producing I'm a little more hands-off I want people to like almost like learn through experience that way but if I'm Let's say um, Alex Shelley and I are wrestling like ABC, Chris Bay and uh, Ace Austin, you know, we'll kind of like, you know, we'll quarterback the match and we'll like kind of put things in certain places, you know, and like influence a lot more than I would on my own if I was agenting the match. And I think I hope that's a better way to like teach them because it's more hands on and they're involved in it and like I'm a part of it and I, I could teach them in a little more personal way that way as opposed to just like telling them from a producer standpoint. So, you know, but I, I'll always, if I see something during the match that, I, that I'm an agent of, like afterwards I'll bring stuff up or like if there's something I believe they can improve on, I'll, of course I'll say something, but yeah, as an agent, I'm a little more hands-off. So Saban, as, a, as an agent, okay. And I've seen you in that role, obviously, you know that. And I've worked with you as my agent and I've worked with you as your, as a talent. Um, all right. So, I have a, a a segment on my show that's called Ref and Review, which we didn't do this week because we got too elongated and we wanted to bring you in and not tie your time up. But as an agent, when there's a spot, okay, where like say a referee is involved to not see something, are you consciously thinking about how to protect the referee or are you kind of relying on that referee to come up with something for you to make it avoidable? You know what I mean? Like, are you? yeah. I think it really depends on what the spot is, right? In the situation, if it's something like, you know, an experienced referee, like you would know, like a, um, like a false tag during a tag team match or whatever. Like I, I wouldn't need to explain to you, right. When the, that you're going to be distracted while they make the tag. And then, you know, as the baby face comes in, you're going to stop them. Right. That's like a classic thing that you would, you know, but if it's, I don't know if they're doing some sort of like unique spot where they need the referee not to see something that's, that isn't regularly done then yeah you know i i i'll talk with the referee because it is important to protect the referee right they're they're just as much part of the show as as the wrestlers are and uh that that keeps it like legitimate i like to see it more as a sport and the more you keep the referees legitimate the more it can be seen as you know a sport uh along with it being entertainment you know i i love what you said there about protect not just because a a, a former striped shirt myself not just because it's about referees, but protecting the referees, because what I'm finding a lot of times nowadays uh, is the heat going to the wrong person. You don't want the heat going to the referee. You want the heat yes. going to where it's supposed to go on the heel. Yes. 
outsmarting the referee instead of making the, you know, that old school. I don't, I, I hate to sound like the Clint Eastwood get off my lawn guy, you know, with the glasses and the taps. <laughs> <head> and, <you laughs> know, make the referee look like, like a dumbass. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think sometimes nowadays they, they try too hard to get their stuff in and then it ends up hurting that aspect of it. I don't know if you agree with that or not. Yeah, yeah. And it just hurts the overall perception of what they're seeing in the ring, right? Like, yeah, their attention is put on something that really shouldn't be put on, right? If, if the heat's mm-hmm. going on the referee. That's not that's not the story you're trying to tell. Yeah, because I, I haven't sold any tickets. Anybody who came to see me got comps. Yeah. <laughs> Family members. <laughs> that, that That's a very true statement. Same here as well. Um, and I got many <laughs> <laughs> but I'll say this though there's a show that comes on I don't know if you watch it or not there's a, there's a show that program that comes on on Wednesday nights and um, I watched this show and I continually see very very bad officiating okay now I'm not asking you to say a word about it okay but what I'm trying to say is this I blame some of it though on the agenting I blame some of it on being lazy, not caring about how the spot happens, how the spot works. Just be there. Just do it kind of thing. But I also look at it as unexperienced referees, too, where they wouldn't say or just stand up for themselves and go, hey, look, that's going to make me look stupid. And that makes the talent look stupid. Let me let's just do it this way. And I think that's lacking. The only reason why I brought this up is because I want you to weigh in on that. Like, in other words, do you think that sometimes agenting can be lazy? done like where it's not where uh i want you to turn your back i'm gonna f- throw a title in i'm gonna use the title and we're gonna get rid of the title and then you turn around all right that sounds great but it's also stupid like right you can only you have to set it up properly to where the referee doesn't look stupid and the talent looks smart so what i'm saying is is that something you're constantly about? Because on Wednesday night, this program I'm talking about, they're not. Yes, of course. Absolutely. Um, you know, I was, I had something that I wanted to say about that, but I don't know. I think there's, there's kind of like an attitude in wrestling of like the curtain has pulled back so much nowadays and that like people almost like people on our side, on the business side who are putting on the shows, sometimes have an attitude of like, ah, it doesn't matter. They know, they know it's just wrestling. They know it's not real. It doesn't matter. We, we don't have to do this and we don't have to do that or make things look realistic or, you know, protect the referee or things like that. Like, no, you still should. Like, there's still like, even though the curtain is pulled back so much nowadays, there's still that like uh, uh, suspension of disbelief that people give, you know, when they watch wrestling, you know, they still, they still want to believe, you know what I mean? If you break them out of that, I think that kind of ruins it for them. I know it ruins it for me. You know what I mean? So you still have to take that in mind, you know, what the people are seeing. And yeah. I, just, no, I totally agree. It's kind of like tuning in every week and knowing that, that Jack, Chrissy, Janet, uh, don't live up. So really live upstairs from the, uh, uh, from, from their, uh, tennis. You know what I mean? Three's company is three's company. You just sit back, relax yeah. and enjoy. And that's how people yeah. should watch wrestling. It's almost like, yeah. uh, I don't know if you feel this way. It's fans are tuning in to say, okay, let me see what I could find in this match. Let me see what I could find in this match as opposed to, okay, entertain me. Yeah. Yes. And I understand that's like part of it nowadays. And the internet culture is part of it nowadays. And, 
there's this whole like culture of people just criticizing wrestling nonstop online. And that's the thing. That's cool. That's keep, keeps people engaged and interested in pro wrestling. That's fine. But I think generally speaking, like that's definitely the way to enjoy wrestling. Just, you know, sit back and enjoy. It's a show. It's meant to be entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Brian mentioned, and you also did Chris as well, the match that you won the TNA title against bully Ray. Brian was involved with that. Um, something else that you were involved with Bully Ray and Devon at that time, Team 3D, when you were um, with Alex Shelley, was you were the second person ever to kick out of the 3D. Yeah. Bully, Bully Ray's on record. He's talked about it on 83 Weeks. He's talked about it on his show, Busted Open. And the thought process, were you... Was that something you pre-planned before going out to the match? Or was that kind of, hey, hey, kid, we'll call it in the ring? Uh, no, no, we talked about it beforehand. So this was their last match, their retirement match in TNA. Yeah. You know, they had more matches after that. But at the time, this was their retirement match. So, uh, yeah, that was super cool of them to do that for me and uh, to let me kick out of it. I think the other person was Masato Tanaka, right, in ECW. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's anytime you can do something like super unique and like attach your name to some sort of legacy, right? That's always really cool. And uh, it's kind of funny, like a full circle story. Like one of the only ECW shows I ever went to was at the Detroit uh, State Fairgrounds. And uh, they did a TV taping there and the Dudley boys were brawling out in the crowd and they brawled near where me and my buddy were. And I actually got to like touch Bubba Ray. Like I like touched him on the shoulder and Atlas security was there to like knock, knock my hand away or whatever. And I saw it on the TV show too. I have like the VHS tape somewhere. It was on one of the tapings like, Oh, so cool. Like, and then like, you know, years later I'm kicking out of like the 3d, right? Like, I don't know. It's just cool stuff like that. That's what makes wrestling cool, man. Were, were yeah, you because... aware? Were you aware of that moment though? Like, were you aware when you were able to kick out and that was talked about, obviously you were kicking out. Were you aware that that, that was the moment there? Uh, what do you mean that that was the moment? Like, in other words, did you, did you know you were going to be the second person that ever kicked out of that when you did it? Like, in other words, did Bubba, I'm sure Bubba, I'm sure Bubba told you, you were probably the second person ever kicked out. Um, I, I, I thought they said at the time that I was the only person. Oh, I I thought, I thought so, but that could, you know, you know, sometimes you forget sometimes, you know, the only person in North America. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So you realize what I'm saying is you realized there was a special moment for you to kick out. Now, like there's oh, been yeah. kick- okay, yeah. cool. Absolutely. I knew they were doing it as a favor for me because it was their retirement match too, which is just awesome of them, right? They were they were cool, man. I I learned a lot from those guys. Just all the tag team matches we had with them. We really did learn a lot. You, you talk about it being one of the most protected finishes in I don't want to say of all time, but very much protected finish. As he said, as uh, Brian mentioned, only two people have ever kicked out of it. Do you think that's becoming, as we talk about the evolution of the business, that's becoming one of the lost arts where uh, finishes aren't being as protected as they used to be? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, finishes are constantly kicked out of. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just part of the evolution of wrestling. I don't know. But the stuff I grew up watching finishes were protected and they really meant a lot. And you could tell the entire story of a match around someone's finish, you know, and uh, nowadays it's, it's hard to get people to bite on near falls because, you know, it's, 
people just like kind of spam their finishes and they don't mean as much nowadays. So I do think it's a lost art. You wow. know, we, we talked about it. Bully's been on this show before to go back just a little bit, but you know, I, I can't speak for, you know, Jimmy or Brian and I'm sure they'd agree, but just the impact that bullies had just him as an individual, not as a tag team on this business, just the mind he has. I still will. This is the mountain that I, I will always die, die on is Billy Ray is one of the, if not the most, like the best minds in professional wrestling of all time. Yeah. He's, he's one of the smartest people I've ever been around as far as pro wrestling goes for sure. And just, just the way, the way he impacted your career, you know, being able the second person to kick out of this, beating him for the TNA title. It just seems like you, the stars lined up since you were at that show in Michigan at the fairgrounds, you know, and to fast forward all the way to there, it's got to be like, you're looking back at the end of the day, you know, when you hang them up and say, Hey, that was that, that's a big, that's when, you know, it really took off. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I didn't, I didn't think about it when I was talking about it earlier, how I, you know, got to slap his shoulder at the ECW show. And then I kicked out of 3d that, yeah, I actually pinned him for the world heavyweight championship as well. So that, yeah, yeah, it really yeah. is uh kind of a crazy synchronous type thing, you know? So I want to, I want to tell you this too, and then we're going to move on to our third count, but uh, get some fan questions and stuff in, but uh, I will tell you this, man. Um, you know, ranking my system as far as being a referee, you and Shelly are up there with a certain tag team that I enjoyed so much that the matches were fucking fire. Um, and that was y'all and Beer Money. The chemistry, the chemistry there was insane. Um, and it was insane for me to remember all the shit we used to do. Like, <laughs> And, and, and did we have like a best out of seven series or something like that too? Yeah, we were. So there was this whole series. We, um, we ended up wrestling two out of three falls for the tag team championships. We beat them. And then they challenged us to a best of five series, which went all five matches. So like we just wrestled them, you know, five weeks in a row or whatever it was. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't think we've ever had a better chemistry. Maybe the closest is the young bucks, but as far as having chemistry with the team, it was just, beer money i don't know we were able to just that that's probably my favorite like if someone wanted me to give them like a set of matches or a series of matches that um would represent my entire career i would give them that entire series the the two out of three falls and then the best of five after that i'm like this is some of the greatest stuff i've ever done you know in my career in my life i'm proud of it so there was that one match that i remember that that was that culminated the series on that pay-per-view i think it was destination x i don't i'm not even reading my show notes i don't even give a fuck um <laughs> and it was the one where if you remember if you remember it was the one where i took a bump from bobby rude and you guys ended up hitting your finish off the top um but there was a finish that you did before that but anyway the match was insane was insane uh I was. You guys said the double three count too, and that remember there was like the double pin with you yeah. and your dad, and they both mm -hmm. one two three at the same time. Yeah, yep, nailed it that. Was, it was insane. It was just insane. Like it, it's so good that if people didn't see it, god damn, you got to go back and watch this shit. It was just fucking good. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm proud of that stuff, man. I felt like that was like as close to magic as you know, as, as wrestling gets. 
I mean, if you aired that right now on TV, I mean, it's going to be watched. Like, it's crazy. Um, also, by the way, I was with you in the Young Bucks as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have all those matches, right? Wow. Oh, yeah. By the house shows we were on. Yeah, we were, we were married to those guys. What's, what's crazy about that is uh, I remember being at the pool at the Holiday Inn in Orlando. And I was out there drinking beer. Me and my dad were sitting out there. And all of a sudden, here come the Bucks. And um, they were telling me that they knew they would work with y'all. This was like for the first time ever. And they were so excited, man. They were because they were like these young, like young doho guys, you know what I mean? Like they and they were so excited. I remember sitting there talking in the pool, and I was like, Well, I'm gonna make sure that I had this match, man. I'm you know, da da da. And they're like, dude, that would be so amazing to us. And like it was it was like crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we wrestled them in PWG. Like about, I don't know, I think it was like a month before that, before they came to TNA. Like we were just kind of randomly booked against them. And we were, as soon as we wrestled them, we're like, holy crap, we got to tell TNA about these guys. We got to. So the first chance we had, we went up to Terry Taylor. We were like, you got to see these guys. You got to see these guys. So then they brought them in after that and, you know, put put them against us first. And then, you know, rest is history. Nice. Well, that's a a good team to put them with first. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you saw him later down the road, too. You see him in RH, you see him in New Japan, what have you. But it seems, you know, looking back at it, looking at the evolution of the Motor City Machine Guns, looking at the evolution of the Young Bucks, uh, then Generation Me, going from Generation Me, you know, you mentioned PWG, TNA, ROH, to now, and then the same thing with you guys. It seems, you know, very mirrored, because <laughs> somewhat, you know what I mean? When you're wrestling them as Generation Me here in TNA, then you're seeing them in ROH and then New Japan. Are the are you basically it just starts clicking like you you know like you just saw each other yesterday as far as working with each other? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. We wrestled them uh, in TNA. We wrestled them in Ring of Honor. We wrestled them one time actually in New Japan too. Um, they we went over in 2016 and had a match with them for their Super J Cup that New Japan had over there. So. Uh, yeah, and it's it's. I feel like we we can't have a bad match with those guys. That's how good the chemistry is. You know, obviously they're ridiculously talented, but um, yeah, we just click super well with them and love wrestling those guys. Yeah, very cool. So let's do this, uh, Chris. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna bounce out of this segment, head to our third count, and uh, we're gonna cover some fan questions, a little bit more of your career, and then of course, I know me and Jimmy. I'm not saying RJ can't, but I know that we want to peck your brain a little bit more. And we're going to do that when we come back with our third count. It's that time of the year to keep calm and let your balls jingle this season with Manscaped. Merry Ballsmas from our friends over at Manscaped. The holidays are approaching, but what if I told you the celebrations are starting earlier this year? It turns out the perfect gift does exist. And who else to bring it down your chimney than the leaders in the below the waist grooming? Manscaped. Starting with Santa's number one helper, we have the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. This fifth generation trimmer features two next gen blade heads, a standard trimmer blade for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go for that smooth finish whenever your heart desires. Now that you've groomed the candy cane, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Crop Soother aftershave lotion and crop preserver anti-chafing ball deodorant once they touch your sack you'll never go back 
The gift of Manscaped doesn't stop there, folks. This bundle comes with two free gifts, Manscaped's Boxers 2.0 Premium Underwear and the Shed 2.0 Toiletry Bag. Once you're done shaping up, it's only right you put your pants presence in the best wrapping at all, the Boxers 2.0. They are seriously the best boxers I've ever worn. So head over to manscaped.com and use the promo code REFIN, that's R-E-F-I-N, at manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping. That's manscaped.com, promo code REFIN, R-E-F-I-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. This is your three count. We are back in our third count, and we have the most magical man in the ring of all time, in my opinion, Mr. Chris Saban. And um, we're now here to do some fan questions. RJ, would you like to start with a question from a fan? I would love to. So Luka Doncic, no, not that Doncic, but uh, Lucha, he should say. Uh, he said, if TNA did a World X Cup and you were the you were the captain of Team USA, who would you pick uh, on your squad? Team USA. Hmm. Now that's tough because some of our best wrestlers are Canadian. So I guess technically they, you know, would they be able to be on Team USA? So I'm going to say I want Josh Alexander on my team right now, but he's Canadian. So I don't know if he can. Is there a Team Canada? Is there not? Or maybe I'm thinking too much into this question. So I'm just <laughs> going to name guys I want on my team. Uh, so I would have Josh Alexander, Alex Shelley, and Frankie Gazarian. Okay, wait, stop. Enough of this. <laughs> Enough of this Canadian shit. <laughs> what? You're Alex talking about my out. country, bro. No, no, no. <laughs> I've been booted out of your country a lot, by the way. <laughs> um, but just U.S. Take Alex Shelley out. He's out of the equation. Okay. You got Josh. So just, just Josh, Frankie, other one. Uh, gosh, it'd probably be a toss-up between Eddie Edwards or maybe Rich Swan. Yeah. Do you know what um do you know what really undervalued talent I found while I was there with you guys? Um and I'm sure you'll feel the same way. I, I don't know what he has to do to get what he wants, but Ace Austin is fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's uh he's really unique, charismatic, super athletic. He's uh you know, does a lot of unique stuff in the ring that that I've never seen before. And I don't think anyone has like, so he's pretty innovative too, man. Yeah. He's uh, I mean, impact or is obviously has been investing in him. He's really young still. And I think that investment is going to pay off. That's awesome. I remember just sitting there cause I used to dress literally. You remember how we were set up in Nashville. You weren't far from me either. Um, where I was dressed in that. Remember when him and uh, what's the guy? I come so sorry. I, I'm bad. Uh, Chris his Bay. partner, Chris, Chris Bay. No, 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 no. His partner that he had the big, the big dude. Oh, with the dread. Uh, uh, Fulton. Oh, Fulton. Fulton. Yeah, Madman Fulton. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when they would do all that yoga shit, man? Yeah, they were. They would do uh, DDP yoga before every show. <laughs> yeah, in the locker room. Yeah. And I would I would sit there and look at him not knowing what's going on. I'm like, what are these fuckers doing? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you if you don't know what's going on, it might look weird out from an outside perspective, right? Like <laughs> them just going all these weird positions on the ramp, you know, while people are training in the ring and stuff. So yeah. 
crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, so we have another question from uh, uh, James Lyons, and he says, um, "Have you heard any of the? Uh, uh, excuse me, have you heard anything about the new belt designs for the return of the TNA? TNA, TNA, TNA. Um, wh- wh- what do you know about those classic belts? Anything?" So I don't know anything about the design. All I do know is that there will be new belts. That's as far as I know. Come on, and I'm trying to I'm trying to convince them to let me keep the uh, the current X division championship, but I don't think I don't think they're going to let me. <laughs> Just steal it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, now the gig is up, right? If they ever see this, then they're going to know what happened. Exactly. <laughs> it's a magic of the edit button, too. Oh. <laughs> Hmm. Oh. Maybe so, maybe RJ can be coerced to uh, get rid of that segment right there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, because because I think uh, who's making the new ones? Are they? Is it Wildcat? You know, I'm not sure. Okay, I was just curious. Yeah. Hey, listen, guys. Saban is kayfabe. He's not releasing any information. Right. I, I mean, as much as I know. Good. I'm being honest. <laughs> hey, ain't nothing wrong with it. I I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Honesty, good, because I'm being honest. <laughs> so we got one here from WWE Mastery. He says, any memories of the match? Is a tremendous match at Sacrifice 2018, uh, the reverse Battle Royal at Bound for Glory 2007, and the latter war at ROH All-Star extravaganza in 2016 versus the young bucks and the addiction. So he's asking my memories about those three matches. Yeah. If you had any okay. memories of those. Yeah. What was the first one? Uh, Terradome match at sacrifice 2008. So Terradome. Okay. Gotcha. So that the Terradome, I think the one he's talking to about that was 2008 though. Uh, Terradome, I remember, was the big red cage, and the only way to yeah. get out of it was to escape through the top. Oh. Um, I'm trying to remember which one, because I remember being in a couple of them. I'm not sure exactly which one he's talking about, but the most memorable one I have was uh, the one where we tried to move Impact to Monday nights. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the very first match, I think, was one of the Terradome matches. And then Homicide was supposed to win and escape, but he couldn't climb out of the cage. Right. He <laughs> got stuck at the top. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's kind, of, it's kind of funny. If you watch the match, you see him and he's not. Everyone's down. Everyone's selling. He's trying to like he couldn't get up. And I, I can't blame him. It looks like it's pretty difficult because you have to climb all the way up and then like backwards. Like yeah. so you're basically like scaling upside down and then you have to pull yourself out through this hole. And uh, yeah, he couldn't he couldn't get out. So everyone's just down selling. Then people realized that the match wasn't going to end when it was supposed to, and he's not escaping. So you see everyone just like pop up all at the same time and start climbing. And I don't know, it's just kind of funny. I think we were laughing about it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Kind of going off on a rant there. But what what was the second yeah. match? Uh, reverse Battle Royal, Bound for Glory, two thousand seven. I have to I have to ask whose brainchild was that? Uh, I, well, if you gave me two guesses, I would only need one. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you know, mm. well, Brian, no, oh. no, tell me, no, tell me, please. Dick Venom? <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, you may. Um, and then I think, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know, but mm. that's who I would say. That's what I would guess. And then mm. there was what? There was a third match. Sorry. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Ladder War ROH All Star Extravaganza, huh. 2016. Young Bucks and addiction. addiction. Oh yes, yes. The three we mentioned, Ring of Honor. Yes, I just remembered that Alex Shelley's flight got delayed that day. That's my memory of it, and he didn't. He wasn't able to like show up till like almost right before the show started. So um, it was just kind of a stressful match to put together. That's my memory of it. Well, when you have a match like that, you got legitimately three of the greatest tag teams of all time. Hmm. Who are you guys just in that type of match? Are you saying, Hey, let's call it out there. Are you talking about, okay, we're going to do bing, 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 just the bullet points or you just is a free for all. No a match like that. Probably. I would say probably every single thing was planned in that match. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like beginning to end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and that may, may, it makes yeah. sense when you got that much, yeah. you know, inve- obviously invested in this match. It's, you know, you probably want to get as close to the close to it as possible. Yeah. 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 And there was ladders and tables. So, you know, all sorts of stuff to play with. Yeah. I have, I have, I have a really offbeat question here because I believe the year was 2008 when you and Alex Shelley appeared on an MTV episode of Made. Yeah. You taught yep. some young schoolboys. Uh, basically the basics of professional wrestling. How did that come about? And how cool was that being on MTV for you guys at that time? It, it was really cool. Um, I, somebody, I know it was TNA had some sort of, because I guess Spike TV was owned by the parent company of MTV. So there was obviously connections there somehow. So I don't know. We just it turned out to be the people that they wanted to pick. I think partly because the kid was from Michigan um he lived not too far he lived in highland michigan which wasn't too far for either one of us so i guess we were the obvious choices um but yeah it was filming it was okay it was kind of difficult working with mtv that or the producers behind the show because it didn't really understand pro wrestling i remember at one point we were just doing basic wrestling training and then we ended up having to go on a conference call with some of the producers or the directors i don't know some people at mtv and they were talking about how some of the content just look so hateful like we were hurting the kid and beating them up like no it's just basic pro wrestling training you know it's not there's no hate there's no you know this is like this is what happens you know there's there's nothing like that i i'm so i don't know i guess they were concerned for the kid or whatever and uh so that that was weird like filming it like that remember we had to do like some really early mornings and like wake the kid up like um before school one morning make him work out so some of it was fun some of it was just kind of annoying and uh you know we didn't get paid for it but like it was cool because we got recognized more from that i think than we did for uh wrestling for tna for a while there so yeah it it did it did a lot for us at the time so i'm happy it happened even if you know some of it wasn't the most fun you know it was still really cool to be a part of right nice and, and by the way, uh, my son just walked in and he happened to walk by me and, and, and saw you. And he said, please tell Chris Saban. I said, hello. Is that Chris? Saban? Uh, yeah. <laughs> tell him I said, what's up? I'll yeah. Be- I met him at, yeah. I saw him at uh, the, one of the last shows he came to, right? Yeah. I, think I said hi to him. Yeah. At the hotel or something. We were in Philly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Very okay, cool. So uh, real quick, and you can answer as honestly and open as you want. Me personally, I can because I don't want to be hired and I can't be fired. Uh, so me and you have been through the struggles of this company that you work for called TNA, I guess in 2024. And it was under leadership of Dixie Carter. 
And I want to ask you, where do you think that the Wellboro um, lost its wheel? Why did it lose its wheel? And, and your thoughts on it, because I felt like we had a lot of momentum going on, and I felt like there were very miserable times that would happen accidentally, it seemed. And guys like you were overlooked, and I don't know. I, I just want to get your thoughts because it's actually a really interesting question. Like, so what do you what do you really think happened? What 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 went wrong? So I think I mean I don't really know. Like I I adapted the attitude early on of like. I'm not going to care about the politics because it's like there's so much of it. And I'm just a very like laid back passive person that I don't want to be involved in any of that. I'm just going to see it from this point of view. It's a job. I'm going to show up and do what I'm paid to do. And that's it. I'm not going to care about anything. All I can care about is how my performance is, you know, for, for in the ring and outside, whatever. But um what what seems to me was there was just a really couple of really bad decisions that were made that really affected the company in a really negative way. I think one of them was trying to go head to head on Monday nights. I think that was a huge mistake. I think taking the show out of Orlando and trying to travel and bring it on the road and just do every impact on the road was a really big mistake. Um, and I think, and I'm not sure whose decisions those were. So I, I don't want you to think like I'm trying to throw anyone under the bus or blame anyone. I, I have no idea ultimately who made those decisions. It just seems like those were poor business decisions. Um, and the company lost a lot of money because of those. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Th those are probably the two biggest ones that I can think of right off the bat. I don't know. What do you think? Would you agree? Would you disagree? I mean, well, I, I would totally agree. And I would, I would say this, I think that they had momentum at a large degree. I mean, we're popping 1.1s, 1.2s, 1.3s every week, yeah. uh, which, which nowadays it, it would be incredible, but AEW pops up at eight, you know, eight fifty, and everybody's like, Oh yeah, they're doing great. All right. Well, you ain't doing shit. You ain't know what we were doing. Yeah. Um, but is it acceptable? I think that though that the momentum that we had was taken away because they tried to get more momentum and wanted to be that top that top brand when you cannot compete with WWE. It's okay to be a good second, you know. It's yeah. okay. To, it, it, I, I really agree that 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 was fine, and they were bringing in extra talent and signing more money to them that that we didn't need. Um. And I really think that, and and I know it was for the better, but I think the Hogan Bischoff movement was. I, I I know they meant well, but I think the decisions were pushed by them, in my opinion. And I don't know that to be factual. I don't know that to be factual. I know that there was a problem with Russo and and, and Bischoff getting along and that kind of stuff too, and that that didn't help. But I just think that. Uh, they tried to move to the next tier and there was no tier. The tier was not there. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that if they would have focused on creating a sustainable business while building for the future and pushing young guys, um, 
as opposed to trying to compete with WWE, you know, then then that company would be, look completely different. I mean, imagine if uh, AJ Styles and uh, the Young Bucks and Okada and Bobby Roode and Samoa Joe. Imagine if all these guys stuck around through all these years because, you know, they focused on the younger guys in the future and, and focused on creating this long, sustainable wrestling company that can, you know, be its own thing and not worry about WWE or anything like that and not try to compete on that level. Uh, just imagine what the company would look like nowadays like the entire wrestling landscape would be completely different and tna would i i definitely believe they would be in the position that aew is in today I, and I, and that's what makes me so mad is because i was part of that and i know that that we were there we were there but it wasn't good enough for whoever that was and they wanted to move forward they wanted to continue to go why we were sustaining great ratings on a great program. We were on Spike TV at that point in time. For fuck's sakes, we're doing over a million viewers every single week. We were actually, I used to talk with Jeff Jarrett all the time, and we would bet, like have weekly bets, like what our rating would be. It was never under a million, never. Mm-hmm. Until they did that stupid Thanksgiving thing where they re- dressed up a fucking referee or whatever. I mean, you know, that, yeah, of course, whatever. But, it was continuous numbers and they were going good. And we didn't have people. We didn't have Hulk Hogan's. We didn't have Jeff Hardy's. We didn't have that shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, brought all, they, they brought all that in. They brought all that in. And the rating moved a little bit. It wasn't enough to fucking value what they were paying. You know what I mean? I, I Listen, I'm not a businessman. I'm not a promoter. I'm a referee. I know the ins and outs of fucking wrestling as far as in style and ring. But golly, what a huge miss for the company itself. And I think that y'all have rebounded, though, very, very well. I think that the leadership of Scott Demore is 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 awesome. Um, I would say, honestly, one of the greatest bosses I've ever worked for, honestly. Um, the most open guy that you could come to and talk to. I've worked for Vince. Let me tell you something. There ain't no opening up. He, you ain't going to him. <laughs> I've worked for Billy Corgan. Mm-hmm. Billy Corgan is a lot, a lot like Scott Demore. Um, one of my favorite people too. Uh, so I'm not player hating on him. A great boss. Um, but but Scott Demore is fucking amazing, man. He is. He's amazing, and he and I always amazing for all your talent too, because I know that all the you know because me and me and Gail used to travel together, as you know. Um, just over the moon with with him, and and that's her boss. You know, and you would think that bosses piss you off because usually they do. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and this, this guy's pretty, pretty good at not doing that. Yeah, he's great. You know, I mean, he's he's a super respectful boss. He'll tell you what you need to hear. But um, but, you know, he's good to you. If you're if you're a good person and you work hard, he, he'll he'll be good to you. True. True. So yeah, the, I, I haven't I haven't had me. the pleasure to work for her for Scott at uh impact dna slash but i have worked a few can-am shows with him for him and uh always got along great with scott and again you talk about someone underrated minds in the business scott scott's definitely one of them yeah for sure he's he's uh he's been around like just behind the scenes for a long time i don't think Mm -hmm. people realize yeah Mm. so you know the time that the time that (laughs) brian was there earlier on to when he you know retired a few years ago tna impact i'm just you know what the heck i'm calling it tna i'm not calling it impact anymore anyways um 
the tag team division, you know, yourself, Beer Money, Young Bucks, Generation Me, uh, uh, LAX, just the depth of tag team wrestling that TNA had in that, you know, four or five year span. It, it, do you see that ever happen again? It, just the depth of, and this the talent in that tag team division. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it, there's potential for it to happen again for sure. Um, you know, we have a lot of talented teams on the roster now, especially like ABC and the Rascals are both two awesome tag teams. I really enjoy both those guys. They're they're all young too, which is really cool. And uh, I, I think that's part of something that uh, TNA has corrected too under Scott DeMore's leadership is that they are investing in the future of the company and in the younger guys uh, as well. But yeah, but yeah, I, I think the future of the tag team division in TNA looks really good. Nice. Do you, do you think the threat though, like kind of weighs in like as far as like, all right, so you have this young talented tag team and then they get scouted out by WWE and AEW do you find that 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 that's a threat for you guys because you are smaller and they'll scoop them up as they get good? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that uh, absolutely. And you can't blame anyone for that. You know, they're, they get into the business and they got to do what's best for them. And, you know, if they're going to make more money or get more famous. And those are two of their goals. That's cool. But there are people who actually grew up watching TNA at this point because the company has been around for so long. Josh Alexander is an example of that. Like he doesn't want to wrestle for AEW. He doesn't want to wrestle for WWE. He said this numerous times. He grew up watching TNA, wanting to wrestle for TNA. And it, it's, it's cool that uh, this company has produced like fans like that, that just grew up on this product and that do want to be here. So hopefully those, uh, those people, if they're talented pro wrestlers, they gravitate towards the company and we eventually find them. Cool. That's, so, that's good to hear. So we're going to do this. Saban, plug anything you have, man. Anything you have. When your next shows, your your social medias, anything you got. Oh, gotcha. All right. Well, I mean, I have one social media account. That's it. Only a, well, I guess it's X. I was about to say Twitter. Twitter slash X account um, at Super Chris Saban. That's the only social media I have. I do not have <laughs> You know, there's apparently, so my wife keeps on bringing this up, like, because my wife has an Instagram, but she, uh, I guess the TNA Instagram account constantly um, tags a fake Chris Saban account. Oh. <laughs> so, and my wife is like, you need to tell them that's not you. Tell them that's not you. And I'm like, okay, I will. And I keep forgetting. So, yeah, I don't know if anyone, like, is interacts with a this Chris Saban account on Instagram, but that's not me. Thought I would just throw that out there. Um, but yeah, yeah. And then I guess next, the, the soonest show that we have is next week in, uh, it's, let's see, what is the name of the city actually? <laughs> Cause it's in Mexico. I know, but San Pedro Garza Garcia NL. So that, that's the Mexico for AAA, but we're having a, um, a AAA, a TNA joint event. I'm going to be tagging with Trinity going against, um, wrestlers i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher his name dynamico i think it's how you say dynamico and cheek tormenta so that's gonna be really cool and then you know after that is a pretty light schedule for the rest of the year which i'm thankful for because october was absolutely insane um just just it was crazy one week 
so I'll just tell you about one week that we did, um, both Alex Shelley and myself did in October. But so Border City Wrestling had their 30th anniversary show. So we did that on Saturday night. Sunday morning, we flew to Japan. We landed in Japan Monday at around 2 p.m. Um, the show started at 5 because it was a it was one of their biggest shows of the year, Destruction Pay-Per-View from Ryugoku. So we went, we landed at 2, had to go through customs, all that, went right to the building, wrestled, left the next morning. We were home. We got home Tuesday. Wednesday, we were home. Thursday, we had a show in Portland. We flew to Portland, Oregon, and that's from Detroit, too. So that's about a four, four and a half, five hour flight. Flew to Portland. We were on a red eye back home Thursday night from Portland. Friday, we had a show in Detroit. Saturday, we had a show in San Francisco. We flew out to San Francisco, then back Sunday morning. Then we were home for four days and had another show. So we, we traveled a lot of time zones. It was quite, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen like, or have had schedules like that working for WWE. I'm sure the both of you have. But for me, that was pretty crazy. Um, I haven't done anything like that, I don't think, ever in my career. And that was one of the most exhausting weeks I've ever had. So uh, it's nice to like have like one show a week for the rest of the year. And then I think I have like the last three weekends in December off. So yeah, we've had some, we've had some definitely some crazy trips, but uh, I've been fortunate, unlike Brian, not to have, the big show seat collapsed into my lap on an airplane. So, uh, <laughs> well, uh, Chris, Chris, you may want to do this. Contemplate what I'm doing. Fucking retire. <laughs> well, you know, if I uh, didn't need the money, I, I would. <laughs> <laughs> awesome deal, dude. Hey, man, I, I really want to thank you, man. Um, Saving, you mean a lot to me. I really do mean that. Um, you're a true good friend to me. Um, you know, you can hit me up anytime and I'll do the, anything I can for you. And, uh, when you get to that retirement match, guess what? As long as I'm my ref. Yes. I'll be your ref. Hell yeah. I'm honored, dude. I love you, Brian, man. Good to talk to you, dude. You too, man. Thank you so much for joining the show. And, uh, I'll, I'll chat with you later. One of the most under rated guys in all professional wrestling chris saban mm -hmm. so thrilled to have him on this week so thanks to him for coming on uh just absolutely phenomenal uh but jimmy you know we've seen a lot of you know a lot of movements in professional wrestling news this news that but something that everybody should be listening to and keep up on is your reference uh rants each and every day how can uh, people get a hold of you and watch uh watch all that good stuff well, thank you very much. I, I have a lot of fun doing them. And like I said, I do these reference rants on from Mondays to, to, to Fridays on all my social media platforms, like on at Jimmy Corderas on on Twitter slash X, whatever it's called now, at Real Jimmy Corderas on Instagram. And again, they're critiques not to tear down, but because I want to see things get better. As 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 it said, tighten the screws that I believe need tightening. That's mm -hmm. all it is. And and I try to have a little fun with them too. You know, at the same time, while I'm having my coffee, what the heck? And of course, you can yeah. find me here every week uh, with you guys having a blast, like we did today with Chris Saban. It was awesome. And um, you can also find me on Wrestling Inc. with uh, with Justin Labar on Monday nights after Raw and Wednesday nights after Dynamite, where we, you know, talk about what we just saw. Awesome, definitely, definitely, guys, check that out. Uh, just the chem like chemistry that you guys have over there is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Brian, man, just absolutely uh, phenomenal to have Chris on. 
one of the guys that you're very close with, you know, like you said there with him and, and, and Frankie too, but just great, great to get him on and uh, ways of people can get a hold of you as well to check out all your good stuff that you got going on. Yeah, man, I'm, I, I was uh, very, very blessed and pleasure to have him on. He is so underrated and, and, and looked at um, as such a talented guy by many of his peers that he probably doesn't even know. But anyway, um, I am on Twitter, motherfuckers. Twitter. Not this shit. Not this X shit. You you can get on X if you want. But anyway, um, at Baby Hebner. And I'm on Instagram, at Baby Hebner. And that is all my social medias. That's all I do. That's all I interact with. And that's it. Uh, you can follow the show at Refin Up on Twitter and Instagram. Guys, uh, two guys I wanted to uh, give a shout out to. And, you know, you, it's Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Definitely thankful for both of you guys for for doing this show. You know, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's absolutely phenomenal that, uh, you know, we get to remember all this good, good wrestling stuff um, from years past and currently. But, uh, two guys that are part of this team that uh, should be recognized too is JD hoop, who does the amazing graphics for our show each and every week, as well as the main show graphics. And uh, you know, he's doing such great work for other shows, other avenues uh, as far as gear for the street profits, for LA Knight, for Cody, the, the list is endless. And he's uh, absolutely uh, phenomenal himself as well as uh, AJ McKay does the, uh, audio for this the great show intros outros all that good stuff he does a lot of good stuff for ovw as well um so thanks to him but guys uh stay tuned to our social medias uh we'll be announcing who we're gonna have on next week probably in the next few days or so um like i said at reffing it up guys thank you so much for everything that for whoever it applies to have a great thanksgiving brian yes. jimmy you had your canadian thanksgiving's when we already had it. it was that ours? Ours falls on a Monday. October. Yeah. Was it October? Yeah. Well, okay. Wow, I'm surprised I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Ours usually comes before yours, and it's again, yeah. like I always say, it's on a Monday. And this year it was uh, October, October ninth yeah. of all things, too. Wow, right. that's my birthday. You had, you had, you had, you had uh, what? You had Thanksgiving yeah. on my birthday. Yeah, we had uh, Canadian turkey, which is a duck. No, I'm kidding. It's such a... <laughs> you gotta, Every... you, you gotta, you gotta have the turd Duncan, the old John no. Men. No, well, what we did this year, honestly, is uh, being of the uh, uh, Mediterranean DNA, Greek descent. Uh, my wife was pleasant enough to make lamb. Ooh, awesome! Ooh, it was awesome. Trust me. Ooh. I, I, I believe you, Jimmy. I'm kind of jealous right now. That's phenomenal. But anyways, guys, for those of you tuning in, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving for those who it applies. And we'll see you here next week on Reffing It Up. One, two, three.